Welcome to Trust in the Lord with Pastor Tim Dove of the Mission Life Christian Center in Bryson City, North Carolina, where we are intentionally demonstrating God's love in every moment. Grab your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dove as we trust in the Lord as presented in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Now sit back and enjoy the living Word of God. Then the eyes of both them were open, and they knew that they were naked. Number one, you never have a conversation with Satan about what God has already told you not to touch. You never reason inside your heart with your flesh to do what God has told you not to do. Because he is faithful, and through his faithfulness he doesn't change, right? And in that, his faithfulness are to his promises. And his faithfulness also are that if you don't walk in his promises, then you are choosing to walk outside of his blessing, outside of his promises. And the only thing outside of God's promises and outside of God's blessings and outside of God's word are cursings. Right. Now God doesn't curse his people. He said, outside of who I am is a cursed life. And when you walk outside of who I am and what I promised and what I've spoken over you, you are making a choice. You are talking to Satan. You are talking to your flesh. And you're coming into agreement with your flesh and Satan that you're going to move outside of my blessing, outside of what I've prepared for you, outside of the paradise outside of the garden that I've prepared for you. And this is what Eve did when she reached for that fruit, when she listened to Satan. Now in verse 6 it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, remember, she put her eyes on what God said, don't touch. That's, the, that's where we make our mistake. We make our mistake is that when God says don't touch it, we decide, well, it's all right to look at it. I have people in my life that uh, look upon women. And they said, as long as I look, but don't touch. No, but that's not what Christ said. When you look upon a woman with your eyes to lust, you are lusting. You are moving into that uh, place of fornication. You are moving into that time frame that God said don't touch. But when you allow your eyes to go look at what God said don't touch, you're on a path to destruction. For she saw the tree was good for food. Well, God didn't say it wasn't good for food. God said it's not yours to touch and it's not yours to eat. Right. So she decided to put your eyes on it. And she saw that it was pleasant to her eyes. So that means she began to linger and look at the leaves. She began to linger and look at everything around it. She began to linger and look at the fruit and, and started to think in herself, maybe that's just exactly what I need. And she saw that it was a tree desirable to make one wise. Now, why, where does she get that? In her conversation with the devil, he began, if you remember, he said, the devil said, the serpent said, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat it, it ever, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So now it looks like uh, the tree is now desirable, be wise. What is she doing? Now she's taking on the deceiving words of Satan, the serpent, 
So if you if you if you look on what God's told you not to look at and touch, and then you look at it so much that it's pleasing to your eyes, and you start to linger on that thing, then you start to open your mind and open your heart to the cursing that Satan is trying to get you into. That's a desirable tree to make me wise. That's right out of the word that, that the serpent just deceived her with. Then she took and ate. She grabbed hold of the fruit, took it, and ate it. What do you think about that? You get your eyes on what God says, don't touch. You let your mind and your thought process go into touching that. And then you convince yourself that you're going to be wise. It's a wise thing to touch what God didn't touch. No, the only thing you have left is just touch it. How many have walked down that path of deception in our lives when we, when we know God's word said don't do this and we still look at it, we still ponder over it, we still come close to it, and then we, we decide that it's going to make me better even though God said this is going to put you in a curse. And then the next thing you'll do is you're just going to grab on that thing and take and take an eat of it. And she ate it. And then she said, I can't be alone in this thing. I need to share this with my family. How many have taken their sin to share with their family? How many have taken those things that God said don't touch and they go around and say, hey, touch this with me? So Eve didn't love her husband. Eve didn't love Adam in this thing. What Eve wanted to do is make sure Adam was following along the same line. Why? When your, your mind becomes deceptive, when your mind becomes deceived, you become deceptive. And she immediately fell into the process of becoming the serpent to her husband. Because when you listen to Satan, then you become a child of Satan. And you begin to operate in what Satan would have you do. And before you know it, you're deceived, and now you're looking to deceive others. Ain't that something? That's the path to sin. But look at Adam. He knew the word of God. He knew what was promised. He knew that he wasn't supposed to touch that. But he was looking on his wife. And it says that he was with her, so he was probably hearing the whole conversation and not rising up. You know, if you're supposed to walk with partners in God and in ministry, and you're supposed to be someone's accountability partner, and you see them walking down a path they shouldn't be walking, and you decide that it's okay, let's just listen to what this uh, Satan has to do, say, and you see your partner and the one that you're supposed to have accountability over and with, and you're supposed to have that conversation with and love with and say, no, that's not God, that's not who we are, that's what you're supposed to say. Adam didn't say that. Adam just listened to it and allowed that conversation get into Eve's heart and mind. How many have failed as being an accountability partner to those that they should be discipling and those that they should be leading to Christ? All because they didn't want to step in and cause an issue. They didn't want to step in and maybe ruin their partnership and relationship. They didn't want to step in. So they allowed their partner to be deceived by this word so that this word would carry on to the place where this deception would take part in an actual act of sin. Right. Amen? So Adam was complicit with the whole thing. He took it from her and knowingly ate. He, he, didn't, he didn't say where this fruit come from. He knew where the fruit came from. 
He didn't say, how did you get it? How did you come upon making this decision? He knew about how he, she came upon making the decision. Therefore, he made the decision as well. Just because you're not the one to initiate the sin doesn't mean that you can't get caught up in it. Right. Amen? Right. In verse 7 it says, Then the eyes of both them were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now, before this, they weren't naked. Before this, their clothing was the righteousness of God, the glory of God. God is light. And it's believed that with, with them, their, their full raiment was, was bright light that covered them. And they didn't have that knowledge of, of, of nakedness at that point. But once they walked outside of God's blessing, they disrobed themselves of God's glory. Now the danger of that is that as a child of God, you're walking in God's blessing, but you are tempted each and every day to make decisions to walk outside of his glory, to take off his, the robe of righteousness and step into the nakedness again of this world and be exposed to who you are in sin. That's why each day God has asked us to take up our cross daily and follow him. Crucify our flesh daily and follow him. That means we need to work at staying inside his glory, staying inside his blessings. A lot of people like to think that being a Christian is that you accept Christ and then you can do anything you want. It's like getting onto a, a, a water boat and allowing the, the, the waves to just rush you on down into glory no matter what you do. But that's not the case. Each and every day you need to rise up. Why? Because your flesh, which is fallen, is still an enemy of God. It's your spirit that has been regenerated. It's your spirit that has become a new creation. And your soul is to be redeemed. So the battle between your, your regenerated spirit and the, the flesh that is corrupt is over the soul which is being redeemed. And as we are moving through this situation, what happened with Adam and Eve opened up the door that we all come into this world naked. We all come into this world exposed to sin. You understand? <laughs> so they were naked enough, but had wisdom enough to go and say, we need to get some fig leaves, and we need to start getting ourselves some garments. Could you imagine them walking down that little walkway as they begin to display their new coverings? You know how they go in there to fashion shows? And they start to go down the walkway and turn and come back. Adam going, taking his turn and doing that little thing that women do when they go and turn and, and look at sharp and then all of a sudden Abe takes her turn and they've sewn these things together and they, they took their fashion of the fig leaves and said, that's enough. That's enough. They tried to recreate God's glory. They tried to recreate the righteousness that they stepped out of. Now how many times have you in our lives that when we have stepped outside of God's glory through sin, have tried to recreate God's glory with other ways of doing things. Hey, I've got to work around this thing. I love this sin in my life, but I can still get to heaven because I got this work around. They, that's, you, you, what you're doing is you're sewing uh, your fig leaves together. You're trying to create 
a, a semblance of God's glory and a semblance of God's righteousness, but there's only one way. The only way to get back into God's glory is to step back into his light, to step back into his righteousness. And Adam and Eve, with their own wisdom that was dying immediately, their own, their own, their own self spiritually began to die. And the knowledge that they did had began to dissipate. And they tried to recreate and say, oh, I hunger to be back inside this. Don't you know they didn't like being exposed as naked? When they were immediately had their eyes open and they began to be exposed as naked, they began to see darkness for the first time. Do you know they began? <laughs> can you imagine? At that moment, they began to see darkness for the first time. And in that darkness, they saw their nakedness. And the first thing they wanted to do is try to create something that looked like the light. Something that, that reminded them that I didn't see that. I, I didn't have to experience that. So lesson number two from this is don't reason against God's word. When God's word says do this, don't try to make another path. and tr Don't try to explain yourself into another exception. You know what? So many people are thinking that uh, they have such a special relationship with God that they can get, a, get away with doing what God said not do. Don't reason with what God's word says. Do what God's word says. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Now, verse 8 in Genesis chapter 3. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? <laughs> Lesson number three, don't hide from God. He always knows where you're at. Look, their eyes were open to their darkness. Their eyes were open to their nakedness. They decided to try to recreate the clothes that, that brought righteousness. Couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden the ears were open to a familiar sound. He came walking into the garden in the cold of the day. Who? The one they were supposed to obey. The, the, to, to obey. The one they had that relationship with. You know they didn't have a relationship with the servant. They took on a reasoning against the one that they had relationship with. All because... They wanted to have that conversation with the devil. You understand? So Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the garden among the trees of the garden. Can you imagine that? Adam and Eve heard the Lord coming in the cool of the day walking in the midst of the garden and they hid themselves in the very trees that God planted that would sustain them. They hid themselves inside where God had placed them for their safety. They were hiding themselves from the one who brought them safety. They were trying to protect themselves from harm of the one that brought them all of this safety, all of this blessing and everything. Because when, when your eyes are opened to darkness, you don't see God the same way. Where at one time you may have believed that he was there for you, now because you have walked into sin, now because you have turned your light off and stepped out of his blessing, 
had stepped out of who he is, now all of a sudden, your eyes are perceiving him as one who wants to destroy you. Don't you know that is not God? God never wants to destroy you. The destruction comes to our lives when we don't receive him. The destruction comes in our lives when we deny him. The destruction comes in our lives when we decide that we'd rather have that tree instead of have his relationship and his presence. How many people have fallen down, down that path of lie? How many people right now are in darkness and see the light of God, but they see themselves so dark that they can't even come into the light? What a lie of the devil. So in that, he said, where are you? You know, hiding from God is like hiding behind a glass door and open sight. There was a man one time when my dad was pastoring. Granted, he wasn't all there. But he decided that he loved to scare the pastor. So he went to the pastor and let him know, I'm going to scare you. And when in a couple of minutes, he went behind the glass door and giggling behind the glass door that my dad could see through, is saying, I'm really going to get him. We do that to God. We think we're hiding from God. We're like that, we're like that gentleman hiding behind the door. God could plainly see through the glass. He could plainly see through the trees and saw Adam and Eve where they were. He just wanted Adam and Eve to recognize where they were. He almost also wanted to recognize how they got there. He knew that Satan deceived him. He knew that serpent had that conversation. He knew that Adam and Eve had the conversation. He knew that they they that the light was gone and darkness came and that and all of a sudden they see the nakedness. He knew that they started the first uh, uh, fashion show. But the thing is, he wanted them to recognize that he knew it. He wanted them to recognize in themselves that they blew it. You understand? Now, it, it, it gets a little harder there. Like I said, lesson three is don't hide from God. He knows where you're hiding. But lesson four comes in in uh, Genesis chapter three, verse 10. So he said, I heard your voice. This is Adam talking to God. In the garden, I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And Jesus said, I mean, uh, God said, and he said, who told you you were naked? You know, naked was not, nakedness was not known. Nakedness was not even a word. Nakedness was not even a symptom. Nakedness was not in existence at that time. So what God was saying, who told you you were naked? Where did you get that terminology? Where did you get that word? The only way you got that word is that you did something that I told you not to do. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you? that you should not eat? See, God answered before he could answer. The only way you know that you're naked is that you partake of something that I told you not to partake of. And now you are exposed to the darkness and you pull yourself outside of my blessing, outside of my light, outside of my righteousness. And don't tell me that I put you there. Don't tell me that I'm cursing you. You tell yourself that you did this. I'm telling you, you did this to yourself. 
And now because I'm faithful, now because I'm holy, now because I'm righteous, I can't allow you to be inside this garden. I can't allow you to stand inside my blessing because you did this. If only they were just naked. That was just the beginning of the conversation with God. Then the man said, look at this, the woman who you gave me to be with me, she gave me the tree of uh, the fruit of the tree, and I ate. And God said to the woman, what is that, this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Lesson number four, don't blame others for your own choices. Don't go blaming others for your own choices. Well, I didn't read my Bible because I was just in, the, in that framework that someone else was upset. Well, don't blame others for your choices. Well, I didn't come to church because such and such blew up and I just couldn't do it. Don't blame others for your choices. Well, I just couldn't go pray with that person because of myself. I just felt like, don't go blaming others for your choices. When you don't do what God told you to do, then you didn't do what God, did, God, God told you to do. It's your choice. You have decided to walk outside of his glory. You have decided to walk outside of his righteousness. You have decided to walk outside of his light. And the only thing you get outside of his glory, the only thing you receive outside of his righteousness, the only thing prepared for you outside of his blessing and outside of his light are the curses of this day. He doesn't prepare that for you. He protects us from it. Hmm. In other words, that's not yours. But if you want to fall in love with all the cursing around you, you wonder why your family's falling apart. You wonder why things aren't going the way you thought to. You wonder why this word isn't working for you. Well, you're standing outside of his blessing. It won't work for you. You stand because he's faithful. He's not making exceptions for you. He's not making exceptions on his faithfulness to you. If you don't follow his word, don't accept his blessing. If you don't have a relationship in his glory, in his, in his righteousness, in his light, follow his word and say, Lord, I love you. Not You don't follow his word just to follow his word. You follow his word. Why? Because you love him and that he loves you. Then you walk in his glory. Then you walk in his righteousness. Then all of his promises are yes and in him are amen. That man, come on now. Huh, so be it. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. I'd rather walk inside his so be it. I'd rather walk inside his light be. You understand? I'd rather walk inside his living word. The word that still creates even today. <laughs> In fact, there's no word that God has spoken that has ever stopped creating. Did you know that? Every word that was spoken, every word that's in this word, every word that God spoken out of his mouth, either by inspiration or by Jesus himself speaking, is still alive today, creatively working and changing darkness into light. Hallelujah. Wow. So in verse 13 it says, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. <laughs> so you see, they were once clothed in God's glory. Now they are exposed 
to sin and shame. Do you feel exposed this week? Get back into his glory. Do you feel like something's winning, that, that Satan or something satanic or, 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 or the spiritual warfare is, is coming to your house and you're not winning, you're exposed? you feel like your house is under attack? you feel like the, the, the uh, uh, principalities and rulers of darkness of this age, you think that they, they are winning a battle over your house? Step back into his glory and watch the light scare them off. They will run at the sight of Christ. They will quake at the very mention of his name. Well, why am I not winning this battle? <laughs> the answer's on the way. The manifestation is coming. Are you standing in his glory? Or are you reacting out to your flesh? Are you stepping inside your flesh and reasoning against the word of God? Are you taking word, the word of God as a weapon of warfare against what is happening against your household? It's very easy. It's black and white. If the battle is winning, if the Satan is winning the battle of your household, your household is not aligned with God. Period. Well, that's a hard saying. No, it's an easy saying. He's faithful. Does that mean my household never has struggles? No. That means I continually have to go into battle and warfare and not allow that Satan to have foothold in my house. And the day may be hard, but by that night, baby, I declare God's victory and word and light in my house. I can declare his glory over my household. I can declare him to, that I will walk in righteousness and my wife will walk in his righteousness. And we're going to lay aside our flesh. We're going to lay aside these deeds that easily beset us. We're not going to take the conversation with Satan anymore. We're going to tell him to shut up. And we're going to get into the word of God and ask God, what does your word say about this? And for the first time in your life, why don't we just... Trust God with his word. Why don't we really just sit down and say, this will not happen in my life anymore. That's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm living for the God of life. I'm living for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm a new creation. My old life has passed away. I'm genetically changed in the name of Jesus. I'm not have to be that person anymore. Flesh, shut up. So we're going this way. We're going with the Spirit. And I can only do that, but each and every day, getting into this Word and raising up this Word before God as a standard before me. And this is the way I shall walk in it. I'm going to let this light up my path and walk in it. And it's something that we have the Word, we have the lamp unto our feet, and then we see the path that He's directing us on. We say, well, that's all right. I know this path better. And I'm going to walk into the darkness because I know that better. It's easy for me. I can close my eyes and walk this dark path. But God says, open your eyes to the light and learn me. Whoo. Okay. Genesis 3, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle. You know, before that, the serpent went bad. Huh? Before that, there was no, nothing wrong with the serpent. But even... The creatures are accountable for their actions whether they obey and do what they've created and follow through with who the creator said or they go with the deceiver and allow themselves to be used. Don't you know if you allow yourself to be used by the devil, then you get ready to crawl on your belly. 
You're getting ready to suck the dust into your nostrils. You'll be the lowest of the low by allowing yourself to be used by the devil. Well, you should be a champion for your children. Yet, I just want my flesh to go smack them down. Well, get ready to suck dust, baby. Because that's not God. That's not who he's called us to be. Get ready to lose your arms and your legs. Get ready to crawl around on your belly. Because when you are deceived and allow yourself to be deceived and used by Satan, then you're getting ready to suck dust. You're getting ready to lose your strength of your arms and your ability with your legs. And all you can do is just slither on the ground and be hated by others. Watch out, that was free. Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. You know, there's no snake that has broken out of this curse. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. You know what, serpent? You must have, may have been beautiful and, and easy to look at. And, but because you were easy to look at and because you were beautiful, that woman looked upon you and it made, made it easy for her to come and talk and hear what you had to say. But guess what? Now I'm going to put enmity between you and there's going to be chaos and, and there's going to be a, a, a anxiety come between you two. There's going to be a working against you to where you are enemies. Huh. Between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Ain't that something? Lesson number five. Don't let Satan use you. Some of us are gloves. Ready for Satan to put on. Huh? Ready to be used. Why? Because I just didn't wake up this morning and determine that I'm going to read the Word of God. I didn't wake up this morning and intentionally determine that I'm going to pray. Please do not hold up your hands today. But did you read the Word of God this morning? Don't hold up your hands. I don't want to know. Did you pray this morning before you left? Did you pray over your family? Did you pray over your children? Did you take time or did you work yourself to death just to get here? Was it a chore to get out into your car and get here this morning? Was it, was it, was it trouble to come here? Is it trouble to stay awake? Is it, is it trouble to keep your eyes open? Is this, a, is this such a hard place to be? Don't let Satan use you. Did you pray for him? Don't answer. I'm not rebuking. I just got a big old holy flashlight going over here and saying, you know, if you're not praying for your family, if you're not reading God's word, the darkness is cringing on your path. Genesis chapter 3. To the woman, he says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. Could you imagine what childbirth would have been? In pain you shall bring forth your children. You des your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Lesson six, there are consequences to sin. Continuing the consequences, then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground you for your sake. In toil shall you eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles. It shall bring forth 
before you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, and for dust you are, and dust you shall return. Don't you know what Adam and Eve were made to be eternal? They were not made to die. But because of this, original sin comes in, sickness, pain, death comes into us, and now we are cursed to go back. Our flesh is cursed to go right back into the ground and become dust, just as Adam originally was brought out of the dust. All of that because they ate fruit. Nope. All of that because they listened to Satan. Nope. All of that because they uh, pointed at each other and didn't take, take ownership of what they did. Nope. They did all of that because they sinned against God. It's not how they did it. It's that they did it. And sin opened up a separation. Sin means separation. Separation. Sin is a separation from you and God. Immediately in the garden, when it was revealed to them they were naked, the true revelation should have come to their mind is that they no longer have that relationship anymore. A separation immediately came upon them when their eyes were opened. You know why they saw themselves naked? Because they no longer could see in the Spirit. They were now blinded to where they were living in the glory of God as physical beings living in the Spirit realm, being able to walk with God who is Spirit. Now they're in a place where the eyes are darkened, can no longer see in the Spirit, but they can see all the darkness brings and the separation. And now they begin to die. And all of us pay that sin. All of us pay that price. Can you imagine? So here's the price still coming. Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam... And his wife, the Lord God, made tunics of skin and clothed them. Where did he get the skin? Something had to die. Something had to bleed. So you see now, because they couldn't obey God, their eyes were open to sin. They saw that they were naked. They, they opened their eyes to darkness where they used to see through the light. And now something had to die for the first time to cover them. It also says that Adam and Eve were not good seamstresses. Because definitely God looked upon the fig leaves and said, that's not good. That's not good. We need, to, we need to get something holy here. I'm just kidding. Verse 22, Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he should put his hand to take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden till the ground, to till the ground from which he was taken. And he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden with a flaming sword which turned every way 
to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, why did God do that? Out of love? You see, when they ate of that fruit, they weren't supposed to. Darkness became a part of their life. Sin became a part of their life. They now were on a path of corruption and complete separation from God and certain death. And the reason they couldn't, they couldn't be in that garden, the reason they couldn't take of that tree of life is because God had to shut it off to prepare a way for them to be reconciled. And that's through another tree, the cross of Jesus Christ. Where with one tree and one decision from the fruit hanging on that tree, man fell into to sin through Adam's decision and was separated and, and on the pathway of death. Also, one tree with one fruit hanging from its branches died and was broken and was pulled from that and buried. And when he was buried, he became the seed of many. Three days later, he comes up and now fruit all over the place. Because he had to be planted in the grave to become the seed for our life. Ain't that good? God closed off the garden to make sure that we had a way to be reconciled to him. And that was through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So let's keep looking. Lesson number seven. Everyone's affected. Romans chapter five, eight through eleven. But God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Check this out. Everyone is affected. Because in verse 12 it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. With Adam and Eve sinning, and because it is on Adam and upon Adam, because he was the first created, and because he took that sin upon him and entered into this world through him, the, the sin, the original sin in our life that caused a separation at our birth, Jesus goes to the cross to, to be the, first, uh, the firstborn in life. The firstborn in life. So the curse of sin and death is broken at the seed of Adam when Jesus dies on the cross for the perfect lamb. He was plant, he was put on that tree. He was plucked as fruit off of that tree and planted into the cave, into the tomb. And inside the tomb, he brought forth seeds. So three days later, he comes up out of that tomb, bringing fruit to all of us. What fruit? Life eternal to anyone that would believe in him. The fruit of life. The fruit of the tree of life. 
we now have inside ourselves the fruit of the tree of life. Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Amen. Romans 3, 22-24 says, Through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Lesson number eight, all have sinned. <laughs> Romans 6, 23, for the wage of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Lesson nine, all have earned death. All have access to eternal life. What do you choose today? What do you choose today? Romans 10, 8-13. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. But the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lesson 10, confess, believe, call on him and you'll be saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I ask you today, where are you at in Christ? Teens, youth over here? Family over here? Fellowship, all of us together? Are we living the best that God has us to live today? Are we truly living for God or are we just uh, going through the motions with God and the measurement is when things happen in our life, do we crumble under them and allow those things to dominate us? Do we go inside darkness when light used to be where we walked? That's not who you are. That's not who God created you to be. That's not showing God holy. That's not living righteous before him. Turning off the flashlight just when darkness hits. Are you crazy? Huh? So this is a, this is a prayer I want to pray. You can use it as a prayer of rededication. You can use it as a prayer to go out and reach the lost. Whatever it is, we need to make some determinations in our lives and, and start declaring the word of God in our lives. And, and here's, here's the key, key to life, living life in victory with God. Go ahead and pull five or six scriptures that speak to your situation and who you are. Go ahead and put those in your heart and hide them inside you that you don't sin against God. How do you sin against God? When you begin to operate against God, when you begin to turn outside of where he's called you to be. How do you do that? But not having his word ready for testimony in your life. If you don't have God's word ready in your heart, you're probably going to struggle through the next battle. But don't wait through the next end of the next battle to start studying. If you're in the middle of a battle now, seek God's word for what he says about your destruction. Seek, seek, seek God's word and what he says about your situation. And start adding that to your testimony. Because when you begin to take those stones out of your heart, what stones? The word of God out of your heart. You begin to take and put those stones into the sling of testimony. And you begin to wield that sling of testimony above your head. Noise begins to happen in the spirit realm. 
I see, I see that uh, the, the, the heavenly, heavenly uh, places begin to open up and light begins to pierce the darkness. If you have a testimony to make noise above your head with the word of God that he's put into your heart and you've hid into your heart, that you know that if you don't bring this testimony, you'll sin against God and you begin to make the noise of testimony. Then I see that uh, in the spiritual darkness places, I see that the principalities, I see that the rulers of darkness begin to clap their heads against one another out of chaos trying to figure out which way to go because the word of God has been released into the atmosphere. And when the word of God is released into the atmosphere, chaos comes upon those that bring chaos into your life. And if they are fighting chaos against the word of God, peace comes into your life because they have no more no more authority in your situation. So if you're acting around and you have chaos in your life, then you need to bring chaos into the life of those that are attacking you. And that's not flesh and blood, baby. That's principalities, rulers of darkness. Huh? So we need to start praying into the spirit realm. We need to start slinging our testimony of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ into the, into the atmosphere around our chaos. And I guarantee you, you will get some prosperity out of it. God's word will not return void. It will become back prosperous. And peace will, will come in the place of that chaos. Guaranteed. Stamp it. Guaranteed. Seal of approval. Who's sealed? The Holy Spirit. Wonder Twins activate in the form of victory. Come on now. Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my, the only begotten Son of the true and living God in heaven. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and you are alive. I ask you to reside in my heart and over my life. With this confession I am saved. For with my heart I believe unto righteousness, and with my mouth I confess unto salvation. Your word says, whoever believes on you shall not be put to shame, and whoever calls on your name shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, Lord. You are my Lord and my God. Amen. Amen. Declare his word over you. Declare his word over you. One last thing I want to speak over you, and this will be a common thing in our lives. Number 6, 24 and 26. Before I do, I want you guys to understand that when we get finished, I'm going to ask you, do you receive? And with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your love you have, you make the declaration, yes, Lord, I receive, or don't. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Do you receive? Lord, we receive. We receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining Trust in the Lord with Pastor Tim Dove of the Mission. Life Christian Center in Bryson City, North Carolina. Join us next time as we continue to intentionally demonstrate God's love through the Word of God. Remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Blessings to you in the name of Jesus.
For more information, you may contact us at The Mission, Live Christian Center, P.O. Box 2197, Bryson City, North Carolina, 28713. Or email us at themission.lcc at yahoo.com.